Welcome to It Starts at Home, a weekly podcast where we have honest conversations about what discipleship looks like in the home. Our hope is to come alongside parents by providing biblical truth and practical tools for raising kids and teens. We don't claim to be experts and we haven't written any books, but we do love families and want to help them build their foundation on Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Hi, my name is Thad Yessa, and thanks for joining us for another episode of It Starts at Home. With always is my co-host, Allie Toole. Allie, how's it going today? It's going well. You know, we are obviously recording this a couple days before it launches. We are preparing for snowpocalypse, I guess. That's what they tell me is about to happen. But One to 78 inches of One snow. to 78 inches. So we'll see how that pans out this week. But I'm excited to be here recording, making sure we get this in before we have to hunker down. How are you? I'm good. Uh, family is getting over some, some sickness. We are 14 weeks away from our, our third baby. So... Ooh. That, it's getting real close. I lost the screws to the crib, so that's, that's not good. You need a crib. When it you it is always exciting. But enough <laughs> about me. What are we talking about today? Yeah, so we're continuing our series about church. Remember, we're breaking down piece by piece the different elements of a worship service. And in today's episode, we're going to focus on engaging our kids in the sermon. So probably the biggest piece of your worship service is the sermon. And so today we're going to talk about what does it look like to engage our kids, our teens in that big chunk of the service? And yeah, so far, just as a, a quick recap of things we've talked about, we've talked about the importance of being part of a church community, that when we become followers of Jesus, we are brought into the family of God and that we need other people, that Christianity is a call to community and not a call to isolation. Mm. We've talked about different ways to prepare for worship. Sunday morning worship is a Saturday night decision that, hey, if we're going to make church a priority, we probably shouldn't stay out super late on Saturday so that Mm. the kids are really exhausted, as well as some ways that we can prepare our hearts for worshiping on Sunday before we get to Sunday morning or even on the way in the car to church on Sunday. We've also talked about engaging our kids in the musical portion of the service about how it is that we engage, that we model for our kids what worship looks like so that in years to come, they they know what it looks like to sing praises to God, whether that's a posture of kneeling or raising hands, but actually singing and engaging and thinking and meditating about the words. But like you said, today we are covering what some would say is might be the most important thing to a mm. Sunday morning worship experience, and that's the preaching of God's word. Yeah. So this likely seems like, if you're a parent, um, the most daunting piece of the service to help your child with. I'm thinking of those younger kids who may not have a whole lot of experience with it yet. Um, Maybe you would be content if your child just kept still, kept quiet. Um, And that's if you've chosen to bring them to the service with you at all and not brought them to church but so you want them to keep still keep quiet so you're bringing books little toys that they can fidget with things that will keep them busy um, during the service so that they don't make any noise and attract any attention to themselves Um, but I'm going to encourage you guys today that your child at any age uh, can take away something from a Sunday sermon actually I'd probably sit in any age maybe like four and up looking at four and up 
And so it's going to be different for every age of what this looks like, but developing this rhythm of attending the main worship service together as a family, actually listening to the sermon, this is setting the building blocks for future future engagement and participation for our kids. So our kids are going to learn and grow at their developmentally appropriate levels and engagement of the worship service as we bring them to that. So because all kids are different and have different learning styles, different ways that they that they learn and pick things up, what works best for your child is going to look different than what's right for another family. Yeah, so I think there's a couple ideas that we have for how to engage our kids in the sermon. I think a really great way is to read the text in advance. We, we suggest this even here at the church we work at, that, hey, before you come to church on Sunday, read the the 30 verses or whatever so that you know mm. what to expect coming up. And if your pastor doesn't already have a method of sharing this, sharing the next week's text with you, reach out, ask him. I'm sure anyone's pastor would love for them to be, hey, pastor, I'm so excited for mm-hmm. worship this week. Can you tell me what the text is so that I can read it ahead of time? And some of what that does is it helps identify key components of whatever the pastor is preaching. So mm. when he reads a certain verse or mentions a certain name or a specific place, that that's going to perk up your child's attention. Or perhaps you read it from for them in one of their children's Bibles yeah. that looks a little different. It's a different translation that makes it helpful, easier for mm. them to understand going into Sunday worship. Mm. The second piece would be to bring your Bibles to church. Um, Parents, I'm going to call you to bring your Bibles to church. In our day and age of technology, it's super easy for us to, I got, you know, the Bible app on my phone. I can just pull my phone out and turn to the text. Or, I mean, they put it up on the screen for me to follow along. Like, why do I actually need my physical Bible? But I think, remember, we we are this role model for our kids. And so bringing our own Bibles to church will show them like, hey, when we go to church, like this is just what we do. Um, remember from last week that kids don't engage as much on a screen as they do on a screen that's up above them than they do on something that's straight in front of them. So if you're bringing your Bible, they're bringing their Bible, then they can actually follow along right in front of them. It's just a really good practice practice to have. And we've been given God's word. I think about, um, I'm often convicted of the fact that there have been points in time where I've had multiple Bibles in my house um, and that I have friends over across the world that don't even have one and they share it like amongst a family unit. And so we should really just take our take our Bibles as, as a gift and that should be something we're, we're bringing to engage in God's word in God's house. Yeah, and just building that into a regular habit for your families from the youngest to oldest. Maybe it is bringing their Jesus Storybook Bible with them mm, to church just mm. as a habit that they may or may not use in their Sunday school lesson or kids ministry, but that you're just building that habit yeah. um, with them. I think with young children, another thing we can do is to draw their attention to parts of the sermon that are illustrations. Mm. So most pastors use sermon illustrations throughout, whether it be a personal story or a humorous joke or mm. a news article. And we can whisper into our child's ear to say like, hey, listen to the story. And we emphasize that not only is our pastor telling stories right now, but Jesus also told stories in the forms of parables to make it easier for his audience to understand or so that certain members of his audience wouldn't understand. But Mm. hey, use that as an opportunity to be like, hey, listen to what pastor's saying right now about this story and be like, hey, we can use this. We can talk about this story and how it actually fits into the sermon later. Yeah. 
So during the sermon, when the when the pastor is preaching, you can ask your younger kids. So there's a couple different ways you can, you know, engage your kids in actually the hearing of the word. But you can ask your younger kids to squeeze your hand every time they hear a certain word. Um, so, you know, if you've read the text in advance, you kind of know what's coming up. You probably know a little bit of the theme of what your pastor is going to preach about. And so every time, maybe not like Jesus or God, because he might say those more than, I mean, or maybe those are your starter words, um, but have them see, you know, listen for this word. And every time you hear it, I want you to give me a squeeze or older kids. You can go ahead and make a list of a few of those words in their, in a notebook. And every time they hear it, they can make, make a little check mark next to it, um, which brings another, another point of having a notebook with you. Your kids, um, I don't know about you, but I take notes best um, sometimes those little sermon note sheets they give you are just not big enough. And so I take notes best in a journal anyway. And so have your kids have a, a notebook that is for church. It's not for doodling when we're bored, but it's for taking notes. And um, yeah. Yeah. And like even for you parents to to take notes, to encourage your kids that as they're watching you write down and maybe mm. maybe your church has like a fill in the blank. Like it's not just a blank sheet of paper. It's like, hey, here's point right. number one. Blank means this. And mm-hmm. blank means this, that, hey, when you write that down, your child is starting yeah. to write that down, that you're illustrating it for them. Or perhaps maybe not doodling, but you have a place on um, for your kids that if they're visual learners, that they can draw pictures and say like, hey, as you're listening, draw a picture about what you think this means for them. Mm. And so with sermons, guiding our children is going to happen little by little. Our kids should know that sermons are an important way that we learn and must be challenged by God, that we should be thankful when sermons, that there's things we don't know and don't understand, and that we encourage our children, we're guiding with them, that, hey, when you have questions, Either write it down or remember so that following the service, you can ask questions specifically to them. You can get very specific. As kids get older, you'll be able to ask broad questions. What did you think about the sermon? Whereas if I had asked my four-year-old, what did you think about the sermon? She probably wouldn't know what she thought about the sermon. But if you say like, hey, what did you think about God sending Jesus to die on the cross? Mm -hmm. Or what do you feel about the verse that for God so loved? Mm -hmm. Um, And ask those kind of questions and encourage questions. Don't get frustrated when children ask questions, but view that as an opportunity to model for them Jesus' own patience for his disciples when they would come ask him questions. Right, that's that's really good. So I think that, um, yeah, there's a couple pieces to this, right? So there's the... The prep that you're going to do in advance, you're going to read the text in mm-hmm. advance. When you're going to bring your Bible to church, you're going to come prepared. Your kids are going to, you're going to note for your kids. I mean, I think that the biggest piece, they should know like the time of the sermon. I don't know. Like I, I'm curious, and maybe I'll try this with my kids in the next week, to ask the kid what they think the sermon part's about. But for, for our kids to know like sermons, that is the time where we're learning and being challenged by God. Like, that's mm-hmm. what that's for. That's why pastor so-and-so is preaching this message, so that we're challenged, that we can repeat it and go share it with others. Um, those are the reasons that we're here. So you're you're prepping in advance. You're, you're gearing them up for the sermon. You're giving them a couple tangible ways they can, you know, 
they should be listening to the stories. You're nudging them every time a story or something fun is happening. Um, you're having them listen for certain words. You're having them illustrate the story that they're hearing. And then you're taking it home, right? So in the car, you're asking these follow-up questions. Um, and that's a good thing. You know, <laughs> often kids may have a question in the middle of the sermon. And for the older kids, it's definitely possible for you to go ahead and say, why don't you write that question down? And we'll talk about that on our, on our drive home or over lunch. Mm-hmm. For the younger kids, there may be a space for you to answer that question right then and there um, because their question may be a little bit more simple and it may help engagement for the rest of the service but you're doing heart work and preparation in advance you have a plan for while you're there you're taking it home I would encourage those questions to happen in the car I would encourage them to happen over lunch but also at home in the week I mean Mm -hmm. most a lot of pastors preach over um like uh, sermons that are in a series for a reason like we're going through the book of acts at our church right now and so like we're gonna stay in acts so those are conversations that we can have throughout the week as well because we're gonna be in acts again next week so i think that those those are really good um our kids really like to be challenged kids are going to surprise you they're they're listening and they're hearing it it might look like they have a lot of wiggles. It might look like they want to fidget with that toy. But they're listening. They're hearing what's going on. And they're super capable of engaging in the sermon. Yeah, and I can I can think of really two objections that, mm-hmm. that parents will yeah. could potentially Come have to this. One is a fairly common one, and you've already brought attention to it, is I'm worried about my child being distracting for others. Mm-hmm. That I don't want attention to be drawn to us or people to be like oh my goodness that family sitting behind you which means i'm not going to be able to pay attention so i think with this person how how would you encourage families with what this looks like that it might be okay or maybe you shouldn't have your kids in the service right i think it's um like we go back to the little by little we kind of set it up last week of like I don't expect that your daughter is four years old. I do not expect her every week to sit through the sermon. Like that's probably a little bit more than she can bite off right now. Um, maybe she can. Maybe she surprised you. Um, but you know, I'm not expecting the same the same response in church from a four year old that I am from a twelve year old. Um, but I would I think it's a couple of things. One, I would encourage parents to like step out of that comfort zone. It might be a little like uncomfortable for a moment. Um, but you can help be part of the culture that brings that culture to your church, right? Like that your our older generation should be just as encouraged when they see the younger piece of the church in church. So if they're annoyed, that's, that's a heart check for those people that are around you, but you can be part of the change that says like, this is what this looks like. Um, and then I would also just encourage you to do it at a level that like is actually, that your child can achieve, right? So I'm not asking my four or five-year-old to do it every single week, but I might ask him to do a piece of it periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I build that and we and we work on that because nobody's meant to sit still for more than 45 minutes. Um, so yeah, just learning learning what's acceptable. What are, what are your thoughts on that one, Thad? Yeah, I, I think... I think it should be, like you mentioned, encouraging. That mm-hmm. like, hey, we have families that want their kids to experience the whole of church. And... Um, mm. That we should encourage the wiggles and the giggles. Wiggles that, and giggles are welcome here. Yeah, that yeah. you know extends grace to them, and mm-hmm. remember that Jesus cared for the little children, mm-hmm. and that you know if someone does have an issue with it, you know, take that and, and listen to them and be like, okay, 
my child was very distracting for mm. someone today. So how how are we going to work on this? Because mm-hmm. the last thing we want is our child to hate coming to the main Absolutely. service because they got talked to. Right. You were really distracting me today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But really gauging where, where our child's at and building into maybe it's just the worship portion. Once mm-hmm. a month we're going to come and we're going to sing the songs. Right. And then maybe it's a little bit longer. And I would also say a couple things. Like one... Yeah, if and if if you're at a church where if you're at our church, and somebody else is being um, I don't know just sharing words with you that your kids or your family is distracting, that's not something that you should do. Which I don't think would happen here, um, but I am more than happy to talk to people and say, hey, I think that's a good a good you know this is why we should be encouraged mm-hmm. by this. But secondly, um, oh, I forgot my other point, Dad. That's not good. Um, bring them anyway. Do what's a sex. Like, yeah, you keep going. Go keep okay. talking. I'll come back uh, to you. My second objection that I could see is someone raising is my child or even my teenage student doesn't understand what the pastor's saying. Mm. And which can be like a huge like, hey, this is why like we have a generation who like they don't like going to church once they finish kids men, youth ministry. Like they want to go to youth group, but they don't want to come to Sunday morning because they think it's boring. Mm-hmm. And I think what I would say to that is it, it's it's the most important thing. That if I was to sit down with my families and they were to say like, hey, we can only come to one thing a week. Mm. What would you suggest? I would rather all my families come to Sunday morning worship than yeah. I would for them to come to youth group. Because mm. uh, the most important thing we do during the week is gather as the corporate body to hear mm. the word of God proclaimed. Mm-hmm. And maybe it does involve an email to the pastor like, hey, I'm having some difficulties sure. with that, but I don't think we should be afraid of the word of God or yeah. even not understanding or not asking questions. Mm-hmm. One thing to consider is, hey, when you have a, a student, so we're thinking middle school on up and they read very well and they can understand things is get them a really good study Bible. Yeah. They have a lot of really good student study Bibles out there geared towards them. saying like, hey, as we're going through the sermon, right. read those notes that are in there. Yeah. Um, and parents, that's the same for you. If you don't understand something, email the pastor or, yeah. or look it up and, and don't be afraid of going deeper. And I don't think the Sunday morning experience should be the to- totality of our depth with the Word sure. of God. But that we should desire to go deeper. And obviously that looks different with younger children versus going to middle school. But but that we should not be afraid of not understanding and we should ask questions. Right, right. I think that that's, yeah, I remember, I remember what I was going to say. What I was going to say is that in the, the fact that like the kids like to be challenged. So this past week, you know, we've, we... You, you as in your youth ministry invited our kids ministry to come worship with you and I just kind of set the bar for our kids I said like you know it's a little it's a little different for Sunday morning but I said we've been invited to come hang out with the big kids to do worship with them and I really want to honor that that invitation and I don't want I want I would like the invitation again and so I just set like my expectations are for you guys is that you guys can do this that you guys can participate in this mm-hmm. and like i was blown away by my kids they were probably on better behavior than your youth students were they were like but <laughs> i set the bar and i knew that i could set it higher for them did mm-hmm. i think all of them were gonna like meet my expectations i didn't actually did they yeah so i think that that's another piece right is like and the same thing for like my kids don't understand it 
there are some middle schoolers and high schoolers having some deep conversations about other life stuff. And so if you set those expectations that my kids get it, like, yeah, they may not be fully engaged all 40 minutes of the sermon, but they can take away things from it. And so challenge them, set the bar high, set those expectations. I think they'll meet it. And yeah, that's that's our challenge to you, parents, is to really not only push your kids to engage this, but push yourselves that it's also going to mean that you have to model for them, like, this is what it looks like to be engaged during the sermon. So, like, you don't want your kids seeing you fall asleep during the service or not paying attention or mm-hmm. not opening your Bible. And that it takes work, but we're talking about the future of the church, and they're here now, and we want to model that for them, mm-hmm. what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus on Sundays. Thanks for listening to It Starts at Home. We hope that today's episode has been helpful and encouraging to you. If you enjoyed this episode, we ask that you share it with a friend. You can stay connected by subscribing to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.